Hey everybody, welcome to A Couple of Guys Talking Habs. This is our first episode with the new name change. So if you've listened to us before, you know we were formerly Habs Coast to Coast. We've made the uh, change to the name just because there's other podcasts with a similar name and it got confusing. So um, yeah, so welcome to episode 13 um, of the podcast. And today we're going to be talking about everything that's going on um, in the NHL, getting ready for the new season, the 2020-2021 season. Uh, so today uh, I'm here with my co-host Jeff. Uh, Jeff isn't here at the moment. He'll be back in a. He'll be a, in a, in a minute. And I'm Rick. I am from the uh, YouTube channel Talking Habs. If you're interested in Habs videos, uh, I do live streams. I run contests. All kinds of things like that. Check me out on YouTube at Talking Habs, and uh, you can find me also at uh, on Twitter at Talking Habs as well. Jeff, you can find on Twitter uh, at Jeff Head, and um, as well, Jeff is from Nova Scotia, a big Habs fan, and um, he's also a, a volunteer firefighter out there. So uh, we're going to get right into it in just a second. Uh, we'll be right back after this quick break and we're going to be talking about the NHL and the upcoming 2020-2021 uh, season. We're also going to get into um, the proposed uh, division realignments where Jeff and I are going to give you our rankings for the teams um, in the new divisions that are coming are going to be just one season uh the realignment so we're going to do that in segment two so we'll be right back with segment one right after this all right so we're back everyone from the from the little break so jeff is with us now jeff uh, i think he forgot so, uh, Jeff, say hi to everybody. Jeff, you're not outside anymore. No. <laughs> say hi, everybody, Jeff. I did the intro, and we are in the first segment. And just for everybody listening out there, you can tell we don't, ed we don't edit this. Uh, and there you go. Say hi, Jeff. Good day. Good day. <laughs> Good day, mate. <laughs> All right. So I told everybody uh, what we're going to be talking about. Um, I told him about the name change, and uh, yeah, so we can get right into discussing uh, what's going on with the NHL um, and their preparations for the 2020-2021 season. Um, first off, Jeff, you excited for the new season coming up? Yes. The uh, can't wait for <laughs> the return to play wasn't long enough. <laughs> Yeah, and it was and it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Have to say, I was a little surprised. I wasn't didn't think I would enjoy it as much. I really did enjoy. I it. I didn't enjoy it much at the oh. end. I didn't really care about any of the teams that were in it. Yeah, I, I'm usually like that. I, I'm usually like that myself. But this year, I found I watched games that I would normally have no interest in, and I enjoyed them. Yeah, like it wasn't. Uh, maybe if it wasn't in the middle of the summer, it wouldn't have been so bad. But like definitely at the first of it, it was pretty awesome getting to watch hockey again. And, but I just found like by the end of it, I was like, okay, like I don't care about any of these teams. It was just, it was hard to get excited. I, well, it wasn't hard. I just didn't, wasn't, wasn't do or die for me to watch the game that night. If I missed a game, I missed a game. If I watched it, I watched it. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, same for me. But I did enjoy the, the games that I did watch. Have the to. one thing I can say is right. I didn't really like I thought no fans in the stands would bother me, but it didn't. It didn't bother me at all. Didn't bother. Yeah, it didn't bother me at all either. I thought they did a good job about going about that. They definitely did. All right. So let's not bore these uh, these kind people who are listening to us any longer. Um, although maybe they'll find the whole episode boring. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, we're going to talk about um, what's, uh, you know, what's being proposed and what they're talking about to get the season started. And I think the first thing, just to get it out of the way, because it's the boring part, is the financials. And um, the, the sticking point has been the fact that the um, they had just signed a, a new CBA this summer in July, as we know. And then four months later, the NHL is coming asking the players for more deferred money and more escrow money. And the players balked. And this is where the sticking point was uh, in the last few weeks about whether we didn't know whether now they'll be able to get a season going and all that. So what they decided was to decide to do actually nothing about it and just kick it down the road for next season. And they're going to go with the agreement in the new CBA, and it's called a Memorandum of Understanding. Um, And that um, basically means that they are going to have, um, the players will be giving 10% of their salary uh, in deferred money. And I'm not sure about the escrow, how much that is, but there's going to be a cap on uh, money held in escrow. They're going to leave it at that, and that's it. That's all. We don't have to really talk about money. I know, Jeff, you don't like this subject. So if you want to add something, well, now's your chance. Well, the owners the owners definitely uh, need to uh, read what they agree to from now on because it sounded like not everyone read what they were supposed to read before they signed their name on the piece of paper. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't really a memorandum of understanding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm not so sure it's so much that they didn't read it or that they didn't take it, I want to say seriously. I think they just didn't look far enough ahead and just didn't prepare well before signing that and, like, you know, making sure what they're signing, this is how it's going to be. I think they were really all planning on that there would be fans in the stands by now. and. I don't know where they got that from, but yeah, I mean, reading it, I'm pretty sure they did that, but I'm like, know what you're signing that this is sufficient. Anyway, (laughs) it was a mistake. Most of these guys didn't get to be billionaires by not reading the fine print. Like a lot of them are the guys that manipulate that fine print. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what they were hoping to do, I guess. Maybe that was it. They figured, well, whatever it is, They'll do what we want anyway. Maybe that's what their thinking was. Well, well who knows? Wouldn't wouldn't shock me. So so that's out of the way. So they're not money's not an issue at this point. So they just have to work out. <clears throat> excuse me. All the fine details, uh, how they're going to get this off the ground, and all that kind of stuff. Well, now the hard and um, it's the hard work. Now they got to figure out how they're going <laughs> to get these players where they need to be. They're going to have to figure out like where the, if they're playing in bubbles to start the season, if they're going into bubbles for the playoffs, like the logistics, like the realignment, like this is the real heavy lift and the money stuff. I mean, 
I'm sure it's what they really truly care about in the end, but the next couple of weeks, like there's a lot of things that need to be decided and, and implemented. Yeah, definitely. So let's go over some of the things that need to be worked out. Um, and, and, and everybody should remember that this right now is in the process of being uh, approved by the NHL's Board of Governors and the NHLPA's Executive Board. And that is another step that has to happen before they can do anything. Um, it's expected that they will approve this. And we should have news of this. We're recording this Thursday night. And it, it's expected that there'll be some word on uh, whether they approve it or not uh, by tomorrow, so Friday and uh, maybe as late as Sunday. And since it is the NHL and they like to push everything to the last second, it could be later than that, but it's expected to come in by then. So um, I guess let's work through um, the items, I guess, one by one. How does that sound? Sure. Okay, so one thing is they're, what they're working on, uh, the divisional realignment, they're working on coronavirus protocols, uh, schedules, uh, like you said, whether there's going to be a hub to start with, whether they're going to play out of their own arenas. These are the things they're working on. So um, I'll, I'll just say th these few things uh, I'll say first are, I guess, kind of not – things that are having to, like, they don't have to really negotiate. Um, it's it's going to be decided on how uh, things are going, I guess, with the pandemic and stuff like that. And that's training camps opening uh, when they plan to start the season and all that. So they're planning to open training camps. Uh, it looks like January 1st or 2nd for the teams that were in the return to play uh, last season. For the non-return to play teams, it looks like they're going to get three days or three or four days early. Um, they're talking about the 28th of December for that. So that's training camps. Training camps will be 10 days. So 10 days for the 24 uh, RTP teams and the few extra for the other teams. There will be no exhibition games. Would you say you're disappointed or surprised there's no exhibition games? I'm glad there isn't. Jeff? I'm glad there's no right. I mean, it's not a surprise. Why um, I, they don't have time? They don't have so time, and like, have time. I think I don't think they want to end up having to take a break in the middle of in the middle of the summer here to for the Olympics, and then have to come back after that to finish up the season. So. I think, Absolutely good point. I think they're just going to try and plow right through this season as fast as possible. I think you're going to see a lot of two and three nights and back to backs and maybe three and four or three and four nights or four and five nights or something like it's. I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a pretty fast a track brutal, season. Yeah, it's going to be a brutal schedule as far as that. Yeah, hundred like percent. If it is like that and they're playing that many games in a week then maybe the players would prefer to be in a bubble because then there's a lot less travel. Like, Yeah. There's been no talk of that, though. That, oddly enough, um, not yet anyway. It seems the players don't like the bubble. Well, and, uh, do you blame I them? The owners, I wouldn't like it either. <laughs> no, exactly. But it also seems the owners would like, and I don't know if it's this 
short-sightedness, short-sightedness that they had in signing the CBA without thinking about these the monetary details, but also that they would like to play in their own arenas because they're hoping fans will be in the stands uh, pretty soon and they can get their asses in the seats and uh, everybody be fucking happy. Uh, I don't know how that works out exactly, but um, yeah, I, I, like, if, I don't know. I, I, just well, think- I look at it this way. If the owners want to be playing out of their own stadiums and arenas, then it must be cheaper for them to do so rather than trying to set up these hub cities and stuff. So I think, I think well, the only yeah, way this is awesome. all going to work is if it's, if there's a lot of gray area to work in and there's a lot of, uh, of, uh, like, yeah, like it's just going to have to be a hybrid of everything. Like they're just going to have to pick and see what works. And if it's not working, be able to change it on the fly. Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah. That's the only way I, I think, don't, I think everybody's going to have to be pretty flexible this year to try and get this season in as, as fast as they need to get it in and and for it to be a success like i don't think anything should be written in stone i think they should be able to change whatever they need to change when they need to change it to to try and just plow through a week like personally i I would love to see like they were talking about schedules and stuff there the other day and i would like to see only half the schedule come out so that if something happens they can readjust right. it later. So it's not all set in stone. So they have an opportunity right. to fix mistakes and everything. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good especially, point. Especially down in know. the States because not only like here in Canada, we're, we're pretty lucky. The, the rinks are pretty much going to be wide open. There ain't going to be any concerts. There's not going to be any basketball games. Right. We don't have to contend with the NBA elite. Not that, not that, Canada had to anyway, but other than Toronto, like the Raptors are going to be playing in Tampa. So, but a lot of those American teams share facilities with the NBA. So there's going to have, they're going to have to sit down with the NBA and figure out what their schedule is too. Right. And schedule around it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like that's, that's there's true, a lot right? of, there's a lot of moving parts to this and that's what I mean. Like, I don't think they should be blocking themselves into a corner here with anything. I think they should be able to, I think the players should be flexible and the owners, I think are going to have to be flexible. Yeah, it's a good point. It is a good point. I hadn't heard that yet about, um, yeah, there's an idea I hadn't heard about like a half a season schedule that. And then if things go well, then, you know, it just leaves yourself, it leaves your, um, it leaves that room for flexibility more open than if you have everything scheduled. I kind of agree with you. Yeah, because like if they, but how do you know I mean, the Canadian division, I think, is going to be the easiest division in this realignment that's going to work and work fairly, fairly seamlessly because of the fact that there's not as many issues to contend with here as there is in the U.S. Like down down in the US there's there's other things going on there's other things happening in these venues and stuff and and right. we, we both know that if things are going to start opening up they're going to start opening up in, in the US before they start opening up in Canada i guarantee fans are going to be in the stands in the US before they are in Canada like we we know yeah, that. more that's likely. what's going to happen and 
depends. They're having a worse time of it, like way worse time than we are. So that might not be so evident. Eh, I still say the Americans will figure out a way to do it first. I can't. Yeah, well, we're, as Canadians, we're, be, we're but... usually a little more cautious with our approaches than Americans are. Our Americans are pretty aggressive with most things. So, and we're, we're getting the we're getting the vaccine first. Yeah, sometimes it's to their advantage, and sometimes it's to their disadvantage. But now, but we're also getting the vaccine first here in Canada before them. Now the yeah. other the other the other thing though, though that was I. Th- saw uh, i guess it was last week that i thought was kind of it raised my eyebrow was the fact that uh, some of these cities were thinking about doing playing outdoor games and well two of them were in california yeah, too thinking, that's the weird how like they're complaining about expense at first i was like oh yeah that would work in minnesota or new yeah. york and some of th- but then i read the yeah. teams and i was like half these teams are in california how are they going to that's going to be way too expensive. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. What are they thinking? Uh, I don't know. They must have a way to do it. I don't but, know. No, they're saying it's it's way too time. It's, it there's not enough time to arrange it. Number one, and it's more expensive, more than likely, to do it that way. So It'd be extremely. And how good would that ice be? <laughs> I don't know. It's one thing to try and maintain it for a few days during a stadium series game in Anaheim or something. It's another at Dodger Stadium. It's another thing to try and do it for months. <laughs> Out in California, yeah. not happening. Right, like to try and yeah. I don't see how it would work, but it, it that's a crazy idea. Okay, we can side camp. Yeah. So we got training camps January first or second. We got that ten day training camp, no exhibition games. That's I what think I'm there will be. Yeah, uh, it looks like a the teams can play game inner schedule. squad. Like they can play inner squad against each other at their. Oh, at their... That's what, yeah, that's what they'll do in the training camps. They'll definitely play inner squad. Uh, so fifty-six game schedule looks like they. I, I think they'll leave some room in there for flexibility in case of uh, canceled games uh, because of. Uh, players infected with COVID that could happen happen in the NFL, so you got to figure that that's caught that's probably going to be there. So uh, we we may have some canceled games, and then that brings up the question of what if a team like what if a team or a couple teams have I think I don't know if you mentioned this to me earlier, but they might have five or six canceled games right that they have to make up. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, this gets into something. I know where you mentioned this with the trade deadline and all that. But still, just think, what if it comes to the end of the season, they have no flex time left, and there's teams that don't hadn't played in as many games as other teams? How did they – like, what's going to happen then? So that's a good question. Um, uh, okay. Also, um, what is there in this – oh, they want to start the season January 13th. Um, it's not finalized. It could be – um, a little bit later than that, but uh, we're looking at a mid-January start. And uh, now we can get into uh, stuff that we can actually talk about. And the first of that will be something that we discussed earlier, and that's rosters expanding to 26 players. You had a few good questions on that. And, um, yeah, like how do they do that in this 
how do you you had some really good uh, things to say about that? What do you think about uh, the expanded roster potential? Oh, I think it's a smart thing to do. My only issue with it is is how do you? So many teams are hard up against the cap. Like, well, how how's that gonna how's that gonna work? Because right now there's like in Montreal's case, they've only got 21 players on their roster right now, and that has them around $300,000 in cap space. So they right now they need to add two more players to have a full roster, and then they are, you're going to add three extra players on top of that. Well, they're going to be over the cap here just with the two players they add to have a full roster. So are we like, what are the rules going to be on this? Is everybody going to be allowed to be a percentage over the cap or is it only, you're only going to be allowed to be over the cap with players that you've already had in your system for a year at at minimum. Um, Like, because what's to stop a team from going out and signing like a Mike Hoffman or something that's over the cap now. And they can say, well, he's on our team. And we're over the cap, but that's okay. You said it was okay to be over the cap, right? Like, I think there's going to have to be some kind of a rule put in here about – because I don't see how a lot of teams – you can't – how can you expect teams – they're already having trouble getting cap compliant as it is. Now you're going to add three more players to the roster and expect more teams to have to try and get under the cap. Like, in a short period of time, like, we're only talking about a couple weeks here. Before, before the season starts, yeah. like we're, we're we're a month away. If they had a couple of months, maybe they could do it. But I can't see how teams can make enough deals and enough movement. I, so I, I was thinking that um, I, I was thinking that what they've got to do is they have to be under the cap for their twenty-three man roster, and then the other three uh, players that they bring in would probably have to come from their farm system um, or in the system somewhere, and um, they can only go over the cap with those guys. Yeah, like they have to be a part of your system from last season. Or you've yeah, drafted yeah. them this year, but it, I don't think there's going to be too many players in, in Montreal that we have to worry about. Like, I don't think Caden Gooley's going to be one of our 23, 26 players this year. No, wait. Like, if you were to sign a Mike Hoffman, well, Mike Hoffman would have to fit in under your 23-man roster. Yeah. You can't be part of it. Yeah, so that would probably solve that issue of, I don't know if you call it cheating, but unfair advantages for some teams. I mean, it makes sense. you gotta, you got to bring your 23-man roster uh, under the limit, which is still going to be hard for some teams because how, <laughs> like, if no time, like Montreal, which we're, we're, we've well, talked about, it. Who, who are they going to move? Well, right now, like, Montreal is – they have to make a move to get under the cap because right now they have to add two more players to their roster to get yeah. under the cap. And but to do that, to well, do that, they're to do that. trade someone. So yeah. if they say they trade a Brett Kulak or a, a Paul Byron to the U.S. and the player they get back, well, he's going to have to quarantine for 14 days. That's a disadvantage that. right there. There's that. And who? How, what time do you have to make a deal? You don't have time to make a deal. And then there's other factors that come into this. Like, 
There's COVID testing that has to be done. There's all kinds of stuff now that has to be done before a player can even join the team. And if they're in bubbles, it'll be even worse. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder how they're going to get to I think trades are going to be a – I I wouldn't be surprised if we see a freeze on rosters this year. Yeah, it's one thing you haven't heard yet. I I haven't heard anything like that. I haven't heard it either, but it was one of my first thoughts is like, okay, so I want to trade. I'm not going to, you're not going to trade with Montreal's not going to trade with anybody in the Canadian division, unless it's a team below them. That's completely out of it. Right. And I can't see the Canadian teams trying to help each other out when they're all competing against each other to try and make the playoffs. Normally you trade with a team that's not in your division and usually you trade with someone in the other conference. Like you always try to send your players to, so you don't have to face them. I mean, yeah. yes, trades do happen between Eastern conference teams, but a lot of the times teams do try to trade with Eastern conference teams, try to trade with Western conference teams. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's, it doesn't happen all the time. Like I said, like, but it's very rare. You see trades within the same division. Now you add on all this other stuff with, with quarantines and, and stuff like that, like players moving from even from country to country, right? Like it's, it's going to be difficult this year to, to, to navigate a trade and still have it be valued. Because if you have, you make a trade with, with uh, a team in, in the U S that player is going to come to you. Well, that, that player is going to have to stick for, for a couple weeks. And yeah. then the player, depending on what the rules are in whatever state that player, the player you try, he may be able to play right away. So you're, that team's getting more value right off the hop. Yeah. And then on top of that, then like what happens if a team gets shut down for a few days or because of a COVID outbreak? Now all of a sudden they miss, they have to sit for two weeks that could potentially be five to 10 games. Now they got those games in hand at the end of the season. And that's a big reason, a big advantage. If they make a huge trade for a star player of some sort that could really help their team. Now they got games in hand at the end of the year to make up like, yeah, but some, there's too many things like that, that kind of have me thinking that I think the the rosters are going to be frozen. I don't think we're going to have trades this year. Yeah, it's not something they're talking about yet, but it doesn't mean that it, it's not something that um, they'll the, a conclusion they'll come to and say, "Wow, yeah, we really can't do that this year." Yeah, I don't know. It's well, it, I mean, uh, what, so if say Montreal trades with with Dallas, say Montreal trades with Dallas to get Alexander Radulov, Montreal has a, a an outbreak of COVID in the first month of the season. And then, so they missed five games. So they know they got five games in hand at the end of the, at the end of all this to make up. Yeah. And now, right? they, now they got Radulov for those extra five games. And they got, uh, can this, this trade still happen? And then, but he's not eligible for those. Like, I don't know like this, but if they sent Byron, well then they're losing out on a player that they had, right? Like there's just, crazy stuff like that that i don't know maybe it it works itself all out because you're only going to be playing inside your own division so your games in hand are going to be against that's a good actually it won't be right yeah yeah that's a good point 
Um, because if you're not playing, then that means the other team's not playing, right? Well, you, you, yeah, say, you, say you miss for two weeks. Yeah, those two or three teams that you would have played in that two right. week period, they're, they're going to have play. games in hand too, right? right? So it won't be as so maybe it works out. It won't be as huge a difference. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about with uh, if you make a trade, like you said for Radulov, and then you got that extra five games, you might have something like um, that player wouldn't be eligible for those five games. Mm. But then you traded, away, you traded away a player to get him, but that player is also not available for those five games. Exactly. So you're, that's what I mean. There's too many little quirks, things yeah. like that. Like, sure, it works great if you just trade for draft picks. If you trade trade draft picks away for a player, but we all know that there's probably going to be, it, like right now, like I feel like Montreal has to make a trade, um, to get cap compliant depending on what this this taxi squad looks like. Well, depending on what the rules are, we, we don't know what the rules yeah. will be for that. So, yeah, they might have to. You're right. Hopefully we'll find out here on by Monday and my brain will be put to rest. <laughs> maybe they'll give maybe they'll give some uh, compliance buyouts. Um, maybe they'll find the legal find some creative ways for the teams to get under the cap more. You know what I mean? To get to get yeah. to where they need to be, um, and I also don't think it's fair. Like I've heard people say, "Oh, well, just let everybody stay if they're over the cap, they're over the cap." Or that's not fair because there's teams that did a lot of hard work to get what they've done so far done, so they were cap compliant. Where other teams have kind of like Tampa Bay have drugged their feet waiting for something to happen so that they could keep all their players and figure out a way to do it because they haven't, they've got a couple of players that are really good players that they haven't signed yet Yeah, because they know they're over the cap. They're over the cap now. And they have, they have two players that are RFAs that they need to sign yet. Right. Like that's not fair to a team that that's been cap compliant since, since free agency opened. Right. No, this is I, I don't think it is. This is going to be a problem right, like, to work that out. That's why I say that I think. Like, I don't think it's fair. Like, Montreal right now is not cap compliant. So. Well, they are. No, they are. Because they well, don't they are, know. but they don't have a full roster. <laughs> no, no, no. Because really, all you need are 20 guys out on the ice. You don't have to have the 23 man roster. You're allowed it. So they don't have to actually add those two guys. But in a season like this, they kind of do. But yeah, that's something they don't have to have. It's just it's dumb not to have the extra guys. Like you don't, <laughs> you don't want to go into a season where if you have an injury, you don't have another guy. Yeah. Now you've got nineteen players. I mean, but you can do that. You're allowed. So that that's that's a point. But I think that's why they're going to have to make the teams get cap compliant with their 23-man roster before they can get the extra three players. So what does the league do? Say everybody has or you have until the first game to get your roster set because or no, like they can't like well yeah, that's you're if you make a trade, you're, you're you may not have players available to you before the season's when the season starts. Because yeah, those players are going to be in quarantine. Well, but then again, so the, okay, but then so you don't make the trade. I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. 
right? I mean, if you can't do it. Yeah, I don't know. Well, like I said, maybe we're, it's much to do about nothing. I don't know. Like, Well, I mean, it might be. You might be right. But no, they're going to have to. Listen, if you leave if you leave a loophole open, somebody will jump into it. So someone's right? going to take advantage of it. They're just, that's right. Somebody's going to take advantage. So you can't really do that. You can't leave them open. They're going to have to fix uh, these loopholes. I think. Okay. Enough. All right. Do you, you want to move on to something yeah, that we got? Yeah, enough, we enough. pretty much think it's going to be set in stone. So the speculation. <laughs> well, yeah. Look, I, I don't know. The realignment. No, realignment, I think it's not set in stone yet until it's approved. Uh, I think it will get approved, though. I, I don't. Yeah, like. They have no choice. Maybe I could see a team like Detroit or something complaining about where they're well, at. Apparently, but... No, apparently there are some teams that aren't happy with the, the proposed realignment. But it doesn't matter what you do, there's going to be some teams unhappy. So I, I, yeah. I think when you see something like this be released, and they say, well, it hasn't been ratified, whatever. It's going to get ratified. That's probably how it's going to look. Because quite frankly, they kind of make sense to me. They're not balanced as far as four balanced divisions. But I don't think you can do that. When you have an all-Canadian division, because you've got no choice, you can't have a four-balanced division league. There's going to be a couple no. of divisions that are better than others. That's just the way it is. Well, there's there's always <clears throat> excuse me. This isn't new to any sport. There's always teams that make the playoffs that have worse records than a team in another division that has a better record. You might have, you know, I mean, it happens all the time. Well, not all the time, but it happens often enough, so it's it's not abnormal. But I think you're going to have an abnormal number of that this year. Yeah, and like. Sure, there's probably, but maybe they fix that with the playoff, the way the playoffs are done. Like, maybe it's not going to be done by, like, the top four Canadian teams make the playoffs, the top, or the top two Canadian teams make the playoffs, the top two from the Central Division, the top two from the Eastern Division, the top two. Maybe they don't do that. Maybe they take the top eight from each conference and then the other teams that were in that, I think that the playoffs are definitely going to be expanded. I think we're going to have another play-in round like we that's had this Shannon, time around. That's what Shannon is talking about. He's, he thinks that, it, that they're going to do that too. Like I, I think I think you'll have the top two teams in each division get into the playoffs, and then the rest of the teams will play for right. a play-in round. Yeah, same like thing. they did earlier. It'll, it'll be twenty-four teams. I, I think I think that's. That might be a way they combat because there are there are a couple of divisions that I mean they're not really it's not that balanced. No, there's two there's two there's one great division, there's another good division, and there's two that aren't that good. Can all Canadian one yeah. really is that the all Canadian one is 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 okay. No, it's the not, uh, it's actually it's one of the worst. All Canadian one is one of the worst. They haven't had a top ten finish in the last three years. They haven't had a yeah. They're 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 one of the worst divisions if you look at it that way. But there's seven strong teams. Well, six strong teams there. Oh, there's I six agree. strong teams. There's six potential playoff teams in, in that Canadian division. 
Yes, but are they going to be Edmonton? Edmonton was a playoff team last year. Vancouver was a playoff team last year. Calgary was a playoff team last year. It's Montreal it's played into the playoffs, but they're expected to be a lot better than that this year. So they're a playoff contender. Toronto's, but it's not arguably what I'm about it's not a what I'm, contender. It's not what I'm talking about, though. What what I'm trying to get to, I guess, my point I'm trying to make though is this: that um, the teams that are in the Canadian division that finish in the playoffs, so there'll be probably four of them as a minimum, right? Um, are they as good as the other top four teams in each division? And so the point, I guess, it, do they have the same chance to win the cup? as the other ones, probably not because they're, they may have the record and it may look great and all that, but they're not competitive wise or competition wise. They're not really going to be competing or able to compete with the better teams in some of these other divisions. They're going to be like uh, inflated. It's going to look good, but they're not going to be. What, the Canadian division's going to be inflated. Well, the Canadian division, because the, their, their teams themselves. Yeah. The competition is going to be strong. All that stuff. Their records, few of their records are going to look great, but will those great records translate? I would say that play? about the Western division. Western division. Western division is well, the same got thing. Five, five teams that are, they, Colorado, Las Vegas, and St. Louis can pad their stats against. They got one, That's two, right. three, four, five teams to pad their stats against. That's right. So it's it's you know right. some some one division is the Canadian division. I would argue there's six playoff teams in that division. No, I I'm telling you, I I I agree. I'm saying that this is a problem. It's not going to be well balanced when the playoffs come around, also because some teams are going to have kind of padded stats. And they're not going to be. Able to do we play. do we go to a college college football system where strength of schedule matters? Well, maybe they'll do that. I don't know. I doubt they'll do that. But that that is something that they probably should have to do because that's what I guess what I'm talking about. Strength of schedule is not the same in each division because they're playing only interdivision. If they were moving outside their division, it would be a different story. But it's not. They're playing only in their division, so it's not. The, the number one team in the all Canadian division isn't going to be as good as the number one and maybe the number two or three team in the East division or the central. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember years where the winner of the, of the, Oh, they got, it used to be the central, the metropolitan, whatever you want. Like, Washington. I remember Washington having a worse record than teams in the in in the Atlantic Division, and they won the division. So they're the third seed, and, and a team like Montreal or Boston or something is is the fifth seed because they had a better record and had more points. But Washington won their division. Like that that ha- that kind of stuff happens all the time, right? Yeah, I guess it kind of does, right? I mean, it's it it kind of does. yeah, it happens. It does happen. It be I mean, more pronounced. There's lots of times that the the Eastern Conference was way weaker. Like there was ten teams in the in the West that had more points than than the top team in the East. Like that that happened. That's happened before. Yeah, that, that wasn't even that long ago. It's true, right? Like it's like they say the most. Um, that doesn't really bother me. The the part that bothers me is is that there's potential playoff teams not going to make it and a team like LA could sneak in. 
yeah, so why were you making fun of me for my picks when I have L.A. in fourth place? A, I wasn't making fun of you. <laughs> well, people who are looking, I, I thought it was great. I, I, I think L.A. is a dark horse playoff team, in my opinion, but I think they, if there's wild cards or whatever, but I think L.A. can do some damage this year. Well, I, you know, like I said, I did a video today ranking, like we're going to do the next segment, ranking the teams, and I think the, the goalie tandems are going to play a huge role in how teams do. And L.A. happens to have a really good, a pretty good to really good goalie tandem. And I think it's going to make a big difference in where they finish. L.A.'s, LA's goalie tandem is very comparable. Hey, we just lost you again. Jeff was going to say, because we just lost you. Jeff, if you can hear me, I'm going to make up for what you just we were going to say. Jeff was going to say. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I, I can. Okay. Can you, okay. can you hear me now? So – yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah. Do we? It's an ad space here now, and <laughs> so we we, all, we changed. Yeah, um, like LA to me, their goalie tandem is very comparable to Washington's, where they have an an older veteran, former elite goaltender. Yeah, Quick's a little bit younger than Lundqvist, and they have a star up and coming goaltender. Yeah, now. Washington's goalie had he's got more experience than 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 Peterson does with uh, LA. But I really like that kid. I think he's going to be great. Yeah, well, I think that's a that's going to be a good tandem. Yeah. Now LA have got a ton of young talent that they don't know where anybody fits yet, and that may be their problem is trying to figure out who's going to be on the first line, who's going to be on the fourth line, like yeah. You can put that in a blender. The only thing we know for sure is Kopitar is going to center the first line and Doughty's going to be on the first pairing. Everything else is up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> like even the gold pending is up in the air. Yeah, they've got some good young players there. And I think, starter, I think they're good. Sorry? What did you say? Sorry? Okay. Yeah, we talked over each other. Uh, I think they, uh, they've got some good young players there. I think Byfield might make it. you got Alex Turcott coming up. They got some good young players there, and that goaltending is going to be super important, and it's going to carry them not to the top of the division, but going to finish higher than they might have. Well, it all depends on how quick they figure it out with LA. That's what it's going to boil down to. If they come out of the gate like they finished last year, look out. Yeah, because they were they were playing really well. Yeah. at the end of last season. I, I think that's going to be true for a lot of teams uh, that if they come out with uh, quick starts or very poor starts, it, you come out playing badly, it might be really hard to claw your way back into it. I think all I can say is Montreal better not have no eight-game losing streaks this year. Well, I think any this year when a shortened season and all that eight-game losing streak kill you for sure, kill you. You're done. Yeah, like one of them, you're done. You got to be. It's going to be super hard. And Montreal has, they have to, they have to get their points against Ottawa. They have to. They can't. They can't do what they did last year against Detroit. Like, they can't do that. They oh, have to. I see. They have to beat Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. They're going to have to win their games. I think they're going to, and I, I see good things happening. But of course, it's not written in stone. But yeah, they're going to have to win the games they need to win or are supposed to win. No excuses. Yeah. They got to play down. Never mind playing down to the lower teams. Play the play your best hockey, 
That's it. Because Montreal likes to play down to lower teams. It never does them. <laughs> They're not the only team that does that. No, no, but I'm saying in particular Montreal does that. Okay, we're hmm. really running late on this. I wanted to mention um, we were talking about the expanded uh, roster. Uh, who might be on the taxi squad, just to go give our opinion. We talked about this earlier, Jeff and I, and we've come to the um, conclusion that it will be um, – now, what I'm talking about here is the other five players. We know we've got 21 players on the roster right now. So uh, who will be the other five? We've agreed on Evans, Jake Evans, Ryan Paling, Alex Bilzil, Kale Fleury and Xavier Willette as the five guys on the taxi squad or the five additional guys that aren't on the roster right now. And I think with that, we're going to end this segment and we're going to come back with the, uh, well, I, you want to, I think we should, we should add Noah Jolson to that mix though. Like if he has a good training camp, I could see him being on that taxi squad. Okay, I don't disagree with you except in this way, and I, I said it to you earlier. He played only one game for Laval since coming back. I don't think that's enough. I think he, I, if, if I'm management, I want to see him play 10 to 15 games in Laval before I want to I'm, – I'm positive he's healthy and that I'm not giving a spot away and he's going to get hurt. You know what I mean? So for me, that's the only thing. Yeah. I think Juleson should be in that in – that. Uh, list, but I I just think if 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 Laval plays, I want to see him play there a little bit. That's all, and it's why I left Juleson out of a video I did earlier where I was looking at things like that. I left Juleson out of the equation because I don't I I think he plays in Laval for a bit. That's all. Yeah, well, I I mean, yeah, I agree. I I that's in the ideal situation that's what you'd like to have happen but where it's a shortened season and a quick start and maintaining is a is a is a is vital in a shortened season like you gotta you gotta maintain um if he comes out and he has a strong training camp you i think you got to put the best players out there and i i I know what you're saying, and I agree with you. If it was a regular season, 82 games and regular divisions, and everything was back to normal, I think you, I think you got to go with 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 the with your best best players that you see right in front of you at the moment. And I mean, maybe Juleson won't be, but I think if 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 he if he looks like he's ready in training camp, if he's if he's better than Olette, then he should make the team. Yeah. Now, what if you can't? Will he? The, the, go ahead. What? No, go ahead. Can finish your thought. You forgot your thought. Okay, then let me ask you this. What if you can't replace a guy that gets injured on that 26-man roster? So if a guy gets injured... Now you're down to a 25-man roster. Would that affect how you think about Juleson? Uh, well, injuries are going to happen. We all know that's going to happen. 
Yeah, but are you- right now they've got right now they've got seven defensemen right now on the yeah. roster. So you're already one to the good. You had Cal Fleury. Now you're two to the good. Do you think we're going to lose three defensemen? You, you could. I mean, yes. You could. Anyway, for me, for me, I I have to consider that. For me, that's I would consider that, and maybe not take the chance on that because more than likely. Well, and it all depends too. Like more than likely, he won't play. Got to look at it that way too. He more than likely he won't play. So I, that works both ways. So I don't know why I brought that up because it works both ways. If he's not going to play, well, he could be there and get the experience, you know. But then again, if more than likely he won't play, mm. then if he could play in Laval or sit on the bench for that, I wonder if it's not still better to play in Laval. Oh. Playing for a young player is always the better option. Right, so if Juleson still makes the team, but he's going to be on the bench, so he's going to watch, and Laval's playing, I personally, I want him playing in Laval because he's missed enough time that he needs the development, and I want him down there developing. So that's how I'm looking at it. I mean, I I don't disagree with you. I just... Uh, it's just you know, my only argument is, is I, I think you've got to you got to pick the best twenty six guys and go. That's 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 my only argument to any of it. Like I don't think you have the luxury of saying, "Oh, we're going to store this guy in the minors and and hope hopefully everything works out." Because let's face it, the AHL season can, fuck, can get shut down just as quick as the NHL season can. The Val team can have exposures 100%. to COVID and get shut down just as easy, right? Like it's, it's a roll all the dice either way. If yeah. Right? Like and if there's any place it's gonna happen and it's the plug gets pulled on it, it, it will be the minor leagues. Right? Like that's it the NHL is gonna go as hard as it can for as long as it's can before the plug gets pulled yeah. on anything. The the East Coast Hockey League and, and the AHL are going to get shut down if things start getting yeah, out of, of hand, course. right? Where the NHL might sit back and say, oh, we're going to take a two-week break and we'll come back or whatever, right? Like, I don't see the AHL no. teams doing that. Yeah, so that's – I mean, it's interesting. It can go either way, I guess. But, um, yeah, I make the argument that he should probably play Laval. So that's cool. Okay, so um, we are going to take a break right here. We're going to come back with our – um, uh, uh, predictions for the rankings. That's what you call it for the, um, for each division, uh, of the new proposed, uh, divisions. So we're going to rank them. Jeff has his rankings. I have mine. We're going to compare them. And then, um, what are we going to do? Make fun of each other for our picks. I mean, <laughs> well, depending on how this goes, well, this might be our, First podcast of the season or our last one? Right? <laughs> Depends how different we are. In our case. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna take a quick. How much we get along with that? I just, you broke up there. I said, depends on how well we get along here. If we're still friends. Yeah, we're still this. friends after this. We'll, we'll we'll have we'll have episode. Hey, it's episode thirteen. This could be the unlucky episode, right? That could it could be right yeah. there. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, yeah. so we're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll we'll be back with our um, with our picks for um, the realigned divisions. So uh, yeah, so listen to whatever's coming up next, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back for part two. Uh, before we get into the, all this stuff, I just want to remind everybody that if you go on to the anchor.com site, look for our uh, podcast, there is um, somewhere where you can click. And if you'd like to leave a recorded comment or message that we can answer or uh, talk about in the next uh, podcast, please do that. We encourage you to do that. And while you're doing that, uh, on whatever uh, do listen to this, can you give us a follow? And that'll get you, I believe that'll get you notified when we do put out a uh, podcast. All right. So right now in this segment, we are going to talk about the divisional realignment. And we are going to um, give our rankings for it. So Jeff and I have both sat down and we went through them. And we've come up with uh, rankings in each division. And... Um, I uh, don't know how accurate they are. We're not that far apart in our some of them, but not that far apart. And uh, yeah, we'll go through them one at a time, and we'll give a little reason why we each think that. And let's see where we get to there. First of all, what I'll do, I'll go over the the realignment uh, of each division, so you'll know what the teams are, and then we'll give our rankings. So obviously, Canadian all Canadian division, it's all the Canadian teams. And that's uh, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal. Uh, in the now, I have named the East, Central, and West. Don't know if that's the official names for the American divisions or not, but that's what they're going to be listed here. So we got like uh, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, the Islanders, Washington, Rangers, Jersey, Buffalo, Boston. That's in the East. Uh, Central will have. Chicago, Detroit, Carolina, Minnesota, Florida, Columbus, Tampa Bay, and Nashville. And the West has Colorado, L.A., Dallas, St. Louis, Anaheim, Vegas, Arizona, and San Jose. And that's the alignment. We are going to now give you our picks for that. I'm going to lead off. We're going to start with the West. And in the West, on the bottom, we're going to go uh, bottom to top. I've got Arizona in the bottom on the West, and I'll tell you why. I think, first of all, in all these rankings, goalie tandems are going to be a big part of it. Now, in saying that, Arizona has a pretty good goalie tandem, so it's not the reason why. Um, although they do tend to get hurt a little bit, I think Arizona's going to really be – the problem there is going to be the um, – problems they're having with the management, with the mistakes they made, with uh, uh, getting, um, uh, is it fined, uh, losing their draft picks like they did because of uh, the things they did. And I think it, it's really going to screw this team up. Uh, and I think they're going to have trouble all year. Bad start. going to be hard to climb out of the bottom. And that's where Arizona, Arizona that's, that's where they are. What do you think? I got San Jose for the, everything you just said is the reason why about the goalies is the reason why I think San Jose is going to be the worst team. They didn't do anything to help themselves. Um, That's true. They, they've lost their, their 
leader in the locker room, but they brought Marlowe back. How much better is he going to be than what Thornton was? Like, I just, I think San Jose is just a dumpster fire. They need to uh, do a few things to fix themselves up. And for uh, in saying that, my next team is San Jose. And for exactly that, I think with Martin Jones and Dubnik, both had bad seasons last year. Can they both bounce back? I kind of know either of them can. And it's a total dumpster fire there right now. So, yeah, I got San Jose there. Who you got in your next? Arizona. Because they have two good goaltenders. <laughs> That's the only reason I picked them over, over San Jose. Right. And the only problem for their goalies really is they, they – they, well, they had a bunch of injuries last year. If they, that happens again – Especially if that happens again, they're really going to uh, finish on the bottom. And Arizona's got a couple young some... players that have room for improvement yet, too. So, where I don't see, yeah, I don't see San Jose young players getting much better than they than they already are. So, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, that is a good point. Okay, so next up, so this would be what eight, seven, six in sixth place. I have Anaheim. So the Ducks, they've got uh, Gibson as their goalie. Still no backup listed as far as I can see. Uh, so that is good. The goalie tandem is not going to be great. But Gibson's a good goalie. Um, through the the rest of the, the team, eh, they finished, what, 27th last year, 26, something like that. Um, yeah, I don't see a good start here. I don't see a good uh, season. So, yeah, I got Anaheim there. Uh, I got Dallas. Hang, hang Stanley Cup hangover, and they don't have a backup goalie either that I know of. Their backup goalie is going to be the starter. We don't know when Ben Bishop's coming back. They just played their hearts out to get to the Stanley Cup final. They have an aging roster. They've got major injuries. Tyler Sagan's going to miss some time. Ben Bishop's going to miss some time. Like, just think Dallas is just going to go right in the crapper and not make the playoffs. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, I agree with you because I've got them as my next team up there. So Dallas, also same thing. Bishop, I hear, probably missing the whole season. Sagan might miss the whole season. These are long-term injuries, and they're going to be super bad for this team. So, um, yeah, I just think that, um, yeah, they're they're not going to have a good – Kudobin, not really the guy you want as the starter for your whole season. He can fill in that way, but he's really a backup goalie. And uh, who's behind him? I don't even, <laughs> I don't don't know. even know. So, yeah, it's not, they're going to get eaten up alive. That's what I think. Uh, so I'm at the – I was at, what, uh, 8765. Who's your 50? Your what? Who's your 15? My 15? My 15 is the Ducks. Yeah. I think they've got a lot of young, young, good players on that team. They've got a couple solid defensemen, and they've got an excellent goaltender. If he was playing anywhere in Canada, he would probably get more praise than Carey Price. He's just yeah. he's no, a I, really good young goaltender. Good. Gibson is but the team around. Yeah, him. and they've got some young players, and they've got a couple aging veterans. Like they're. I mean, I don't think the Ducks are going to be a playoff team, but I think they're going to be a lot better than they were last year, especially if they're healthy. Yeah, fair enough. 
Now the next team up, we both actually the next the, uh, the the next four we agree on, uh, and uh, that that's L.A. is the next one up there. Um, L.A. for me, uh, good goalie tandem, um, uh, a good older goalie, a young up and coming goalie with a very small sample size, but looks really good. Uh, I think they got a bunch of good young players. Who knows? Who, like you were saying to me earlier, who's going or in the earlier segment, who's going to play where? Uh, who knows, but I think it's, um, I think this goalie tandem is really going to help them here. Um, yeah, so I, we, I've got LA there. Why do you have LA there? I believe in their goaltending. I, I think, I think they've got one of the best young up and coming superstar goaltenders in the league. Um, they've got cup experience in that locker room with Brown and Kopitar and Carter, like they've got good veteran leadership and they've got a ton of young prospects and we're like, they're just, there's so much in the pipeline in LA. Like I said earlier, they just got to figure out where everybody fits. And I think they're going to be competitive. I really do believe that LA could sneak into the playoffs. I really believe that. Well, if they finish in that spot, they will make the playoffs. I think. Like yeah. they played excellent. They, they were playing the- excellent at the end of last season. Yeah, I know. And I think in a season where goaltending is going to be super important, yeah, they've got a, a good shot to have a make the playoffs, like you say. So, yeah, that's um, – yeah. Okay, so next up, we both have St. Louis. So for me, St. Louis has – goaltending actually isn't their strong point. Uh, Bennington's there. He's good. going to be solid. But they lost Jake Allen uh, in the trade. And um, the guy behind them is, um, to me, unknown totally. Boy, uh, I don't know how well that – I can't remember the kid's name, but he's not completely unknown. He's He was actually supposed to be – he was supposed to be what Bennington turned out to be. So – so there's good, there's good potential. Yeah, like he was – Bennington kind of stole his spot before he got there, so. I got you. Okay. But, so that's good. So that should be good for them. Uh, I mean, they won the Cup a couple of years ago. Uh, it's hard not to have them in the finals or have them in, have them in the playoffs and being a, a contender, yeah. right? Like they've got some good veterans on that team and they're a well-balanced team and, and they, they play their style – Pretty pretty good. Where the only thing that worries me about them is they, the Tarasenko is going to miss. Pretty, it sounds like he could miss almost the whole season, so that's going to hurt them. But and Bennington didn't really play that well last year. He played. He had good stretches and bad stretches, and maybe next year, yeah, he has like a little bit of Stanley Cup hangover. Maybe is what. But they were a dominant team through the regular season last year. Was there ever a point they weren't in first place in that division? No, no, they so, were, they, yeah. So I think they have a drop off, but I mean, it's, it's not going to be that far. Well, they lost Petrolangelo, right. right? That's the only reason why I dropped him down. Just you got some of it back with Krug. <laughs> you got some of it back with Krug. Krug's a power play guy. He's, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't think he's going to help much on five on five. No, this is true. They he's lost not a captain. five on five the captain's guy. Captain's gone. Yeah, I know. Right. I know. It makes a difference. But they got Ryan O'Reilly there. Imagine he'll be the next captain. I would imagine. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So they should be okay there. I would think. 
But yeah, I think that's the spot they're going to finish in. So the next one up. So now we've got two spots left in this division. Next one we both have is the Vegas Golden Knights. Great goalie tandem if they don't move flurry, which they're talking about. Um, they've come out today. The president or the owner of the club said they're not trying to move Pacioretty. So I don't know if that's true or not. Um, if they don't, they've got a better, a even better shot at finishing here. I think it's a good team. And, um, yeah, I think they finished in second. I think uh, Colorado's a little better than them. So why you got uh, Vegas there? Oh, just... And while you say that, I'm going to cough, so <laughs> I, I apologize. I, uh, I, I, yeah, Vegas has been a top team in the league since they've come into the league. I don't expect anything less. Their only weakness is down the middle. They're, they're hurting at center. They've got excellent wing players, and they've got one of the best players in the league, in my opinion, in, in Stone. And I mean, how do you, how do you not like that goalie tandem of Flurry and, and Leonard? Like, that's, and they got Petrolangelo. The they already had good defensemen. Now they got another one. So, I mean, they gave up one, but he's what they got in Petrolangelo is better than what they gave up. So, yeah. Yeah. I think Vegas is going to be a Vegas is going to be a contender. Yeah, without a doubt. And then uh, that leaves Colorado. And we both got Colorado there. Colorado, decent. I mean, a good tandem. Um, not the best one in the league, but not the, by far not the worst in Grubauer and very average at goal time. Or however they're you average. Yeah, they're average. But I mean, it's you know average to good. Let's say that, right? Um, adequate. Adequate's good. A good word for that. Um, good defense. Good solid defense. Yeah. And uh, they got offense. When you got Nathan McKinnon up front, you're doing well. And uh, yeah, I think they finished in first in this position. I think what it boils down to is they don't have as many miles on them as Vegas does. Vegas has had some pretty couple, a couple deep playoff runs with some older players on their team. And right. they're a young team with very talented players. I think they're just going to be a little bit more hungry. They've got excellent defensive players. They, in my opinion, they got the best best player in the league, and Nathan McKinnon. I think he's the best player. I don't know. Everybody can argue with me on that one if they want. Um, I think it goes McKinnon, McDavid, Crosby. I think that's the top three. Switch them more way around, whatever way you want. But I, I've, I believe McKinnon is now the best player in the league. There you go. Okay, next uh, next up, we're moving into the Central Division as we motor through these divisions. Uh, okay, so I'll give you mine. I've got Chicago um, on the bottom of this division because they might as well not even have goalies in that. Uh, you, I guess that's harsh, but you got uh, Malcolm Subban and Chris Delia. I think they get eaten alive. Yeah, they got Patrick Kane and uh, Jonathan Taves. And they're okay on the offense, and their defense is okay as well. But I don't think it's enough to make up for the fact that they don't have goalies. Oh, I, I've got Florida, and they have a goalie. <laughs> I don't know how good he is anymore, but they have one. But Florida lost way too much. They don't even have – they didn't really – weren't that good defensively. They weren't that good on the power play. I think Florida's just nosediving this year. They've lost. Yeah, well, they're also rebuilding. Yeah, like you, you've got Chicago. I, I don't think Delia is going to be that bad. 
I don't think I don't know. I don't I think just, there's going to be a huge drop off from him from what Crawford was. I really don't. I think if anything, got to be a shock. Now Subban, I don't know. I've never really got to watch Subban play, so I can't comment on him. But he's been around a while, so is he a capable backup? I don't know. I don't. I think if he was a starter, he would have been starting by now. But I don't know. They're they're young at goaltender, yeah. and I I don't think them losing Crawford is as big a deal as some people think. Okay. Fair enough. Um, wait. Okay. You were okay. Um, next up, we both agree on the next one up, and that is Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota. I don't know who's playing with Stolars. I don't know who the other goalie is. What you? was that? Who's who's Minnesota's second goalie so other than Stolars? They got and. Oh, it's Stalock. It's not Stolars. Stalock, yeah. Um, I'm not. Sh- I can't remember. I should have looked this up. I can't remember who they have for a second goal. It was Dubnik, but he's in he's in San Jose now. Um, so, yeah. Plus they're rebuilding. Plus Zuccarello's out for most of the season. I think Minnesota just yeah. They, they're, they're not their moves well. they made were just kind of strange. Like they got rid of Eric Stahl, and they don't have a cent. Like they don't really have anyone that plays center. Like I. I don't know. I right. Centers are weak. I I just think they're kind of floating right now to try and figure out where they're going to be and what they're going to do. With I think they're a team that's just getting ready to try and build through the draft. I think Bob Ga- or Bill Garen's just that's what he's going to do. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they're definitely rebuilding, and uh, yeah, they're just I, I don't see. But they do have there. excellent defense. That's the one thing Minnesota has. They do. They have good defense. That's true, but it's not going to be enough to keep them out of the. Basement. I just don't know who's playing center for them, and I don't really know who's who's their who's their top uh, line. Like Erickson Eck, Erickson Eck, and is it uh, Marcus? Jermaine, yeah, Johansson? who's never excelled at center anywhere he's been yet. Like right. he's been tried there before. I've I don't know. I like I said I don't really know a whole lot about their team. I just know that. There were some odd moves made, and the commentary on it has been exactly that. Nobody quite understands what what Bill Guerin's trying to do, but we'll see what happens. He's rebuilding. That's probably yeah. I agree. Okay, next up for me is uh, Florida. Uh, I got Florida because of exactly what you said, Bobrovsky. What's he going to do? Drieger was pretty good actually in his role as backup. If Bobrovsky can have a good season, they may move up a spot, but they're rebuilding. Um, they lost Hoffman and Dadnov's going to affect Trocek. front. And <laughs> losing Trocek. And well, that yeah, Trocek. Uh, they sent him to Carolina. Um, yeah, I, I just think yeah, they're rebuilding and they're not going to do well. Barkov. So Barkov may be one of the great players in the league, but I don't know. I don't think he's that good that he's going to carry that team. Him and Herbert O. No, that's not no, enough. Not, that's not enough. Not through a not through a rebuild. It's not no. Eckbled's uh, so got, above average. I, I wouldn't call him an all star. I don't know. Like, I just I don't see a whole lot in Florida. No. Who you got next? Uh, I had Detroit. I got Detroit in that spot. And what spot would that be? That would be number six in that division, be Detroit. I think uh, Detroit's on the right 
they're moving in the right direction. They, yeah, I definitely agree. I, uh, especially if Zadina comes in this year and plays well, like they got Dylan Larkin, they've got some good young players there. I, 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 I like their upside. Um, their goaltending, I don't know if they got a whole lot better with, with Grice coming in, but the thing is, it's hard it's to judge. Better. Why? No, I'd say it's, I think it's better. My, my, but yeah. my thing with Grice is, I don't know if Grice is good because he played in New York or is Grice good because he's good. Like, uh, I want to see him play with Detroit before I, I say he's an excellent goalie or I say he's a bad goalie because I don't know. It just seems like New York, the Islanders seem to be able to, doesn't matter who's in the net back there. The, they just, the way that team plays goaltenders always do well. well I, I, I think he's a good goalie. I've, I've got Detroit next up. So I've got them. My next pick is Detroit. I think that he's a good goalie, but I think he was um, uh, not, how do I want to put that? He wasn't hidden or anything, but he was, um, sh- um, <laughs> He was sheltered. Oh, God, I can't think the word. But, yeah, sheltered. That's the word. So just by playing for New York because their defense is that good. So I think his numbers are going to be not as good as they were in, on the island. But I think he's still better than uh, Jimmy Howard yeah, was like, for them last year. I think that'll be better. So they're improved. They're improved uh, all the way through. They're, they, they've improved. Are they going to be the best team no. in the league? No. Are they going to be the best team in the division? No. But – they're not going to be the worst anymore. I don't think so. They're getting better. They're getting better. They're, yeah. Um, okay. So who you got in uh, number Chicago. five? And we, you mentioned why already. I, I just much. Think, yeah, I just think Delia is not going to be that bad. And they've got some, they got, Really good veteran leadership there, and Taze and Kane. Well, I wouldn't say Kane's an excellent leader, but he can damn well score. Um, they got yeah. Duncan Keith. Um, yeah. Their defense isn't the greatest, but they've got a young rookie there. That's, I mean, Boquist was supposed. There was a lot of people saying they wanted him picked over over Quinn Hughes there a couple last, not last year, the year before in the draft. So it was he's. He was talked about in the same conversation as Quinn Hughes, and look how good Quinn Hughes is. This kid's going to get a shot this year. Kirby Doc is the real deal. I can't wait to watch him in the World Juniors with Team Canada. Um, like, I think Chicago is going to be – they're going to be about the same as what they were last year. I, they're going to be a bubble team of making the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, maybe I've got them wrong because I've got them so low. Who knows? Okay, next up, because we've got to start mm-hmm. moving through these. I got Carolina. Uh, Reamer and uh, Mrazic. Okay, adequate, maybe. That's about it. Good defense, good offense. Um, I think um, I think most people have them higher up than I do, but I think they finished somewhere there. Um, I might be biased here because I'm not a big Carolina fan. Uh, personal reasons. And uh, so maybe my bias is showing here, but that's where I got it. I think it, I think it might be a little <laughs> bit, just a little. Um, just a little bit. I got Nashville. Who you got there? Uh, Nashville. I, mm, the reason yep. I think that is 
uh, Nashville's got excellent defense. They've always had excellent defense. It just seems like Nashville can just bring defensemen in and ship defensemen out, and they've always got still have great defensemen. It doesn't make sense to me, but they've built their system completely on defensemen. Um, they still have some key guys up front that have been there. They've made some strong playoff pushes here in the last few years. I don't think their window's exactly open anymore, but I don't think it's closed yet either. Um, they got a good goalie tandem, I think. I think Pecorine, if we in Montreal think that Patrick, or Patrick, well, Carey Price can bounce back and be a dominant goaltender, Pecorine can be. And Saros, is, is, he's, he's pretty good. He's not bad. He's pretty good. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I've got Nashville in my as my next pick, so I, I agree with you. The only thing when I did my video today, I wasn't sure. I couldn't think of their defense at all, and so I was like, I don't, I, I think I don't know. Are they good? They're bad. I don't can't remember, so I didn't really comment on it. But you're right, they've got a good defense. Rene, why can't why can't Rene have a back uh, a bounce back season? And um, the only thing their offense I find is a bit anemic. They don't score no, a lot, they don't. and. Uh, yeah, so I think that kind of holds them back a little bit there. But I think, yeah, Nashville will do uh, pretty decently, and I've got them in third. So you have – who do you got in third? We were – I was. we were on that. My next team in third place would be Columbus. The Blue Jackets. I think – Reasoning? I think that Columbus is a borderline contender – they could either really take off this year or they could stay where they're at. They're, they're a playoff team for sure. Um, they added Max Domi. Maybe he works at center for them, and that's what they need. Um, they've got excellent goaltending. I think they've got the best goalie tandem in the league. Um, yeah, like it's hard to say anything really bad about Columbus. Tortorella is going to get the best out of that team no matter what. They're either going to overachieve or they're going to crash and burn. That's just kind of how Tortorella teams go because <laughs> they'll either they'll either yeah. run through walls for them or they'll or they'll quit on them. That's that's kind of how things go with him. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. Anyway, I, my, I have them higher up, so I'll talk about them. Then my next team up is I think it's going to surprise everybody, but I didn't take Tampa Bay to lead the Central, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think they've got a great goalie in Vasilevsky. I just think their backup isn't going to do the job. He's getting older. He doesn't get the wins. It's not that they – he doesn't get the number of wins that I think he should get on that team. They're also in a cash – crunch like a cap crunch um they got two important players to sign can they do it we don't know what's going to happen with the salary cap with signing the players and everything in this special season um they also need to make room so somebody else is going to go as well and i don't know i just think it brings them down just a little bit and they finish in second who you got in second i got my next team would be carolina i think carolina is Probably one of the best teams in the East if we were still in regular alignment. Um, I just really like the way Carolina's team set up. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is their goaltending. They don't really have a number one goaltender. 
but they got two capable guys that can that they're not really going to lose too many games because of their because of their goaltending. But when they do lose, it usually is because of their goaltending. Like you know what I mean? Like they're the they yeah. got one of the they got one of the best players, young players in the league. Two of them actually. They got Sveshnikov and Aho, um, Dougie Hamilton. Their defense is awesome. Like yeah. they, they got excellent defense. So their goaltending doesn't do. really need to be stellar. They're kind of them and Carolina, to me, are very close. Just Carolina's doesn't have the star power Nathan McKinnon that that uh, Colorado has. Colorado, yeah. I think Carolina is a good. It's very close between between them and Tampa. I think Carolina can actually take a step forward this year. Yeah, I'll have to admit, even with my bias, that I can't argue with any of your points at all. They're a good team, and uh, they got some good talent there. Offense, defense, definitely good. I don't really like their goaltending. That's yeah, really I, mean, I I don't I don't love okay. it either. But it's not horrible. There's worse in the league. <laughs> no, there is. No, that's for sure. There is definitely, definitely. Okay, next up, I'm in uh, first place here in this division. I've got the Blue Jackets. And I think uh, for a lot of the reasons you said why well, you have them in third, but I have them in first, uh, that goaltending tandem. Uh, I don't have them as the best goaltending tandem in the league, but I think I have them right up there. Uh, young, talented, very capable to carry them. Um, now, do they have the best offense? No. Do they have the best defense? No, but they're adequate. Both ends, a little anemic on the offense, though, but I think Domi could help them there. And um, I think the key here is, just like we said about Tortorella, if he get, if they buy into his system, he gets the most out of his team. He gets every drop out of them, or he gets nothing out of them. I think he's going to get every drop out of them, and uh, they're going to do well, and I got them picked for number one. Who you got in number well, one? Only one team left, the Stanley Cup champs, Tampa Bay. My my feeling there is is they've got the best defenseman, arguably one of the best players in the league, in Victor Hedman. They've got the probably I know this is going to hurt a lot of Montreal Canadian fans' feelings, but they probably have the best goalie in the league, Vasilevsky. I don't think it matters who's backing them up because they've got a high power offense. I understand what you said there earlier about Backlaney and he doesn't win as many games as he should, but you have to think. On that point, he's only usually getting to play about 15 games a, a year. So he's sitting a long time. If there's as many back-to-backs, he's going to play more. He's going to be more in rhythm. So maybe he – He's also – What was that? He's also a year old. Yeah. I just – it's hard to – it's hard to knock Tampa Bay off their pedestal. Like – I agree. And they want to, I didn't they knock want to Stanley Cup without State, Steven Stamkos, and he'll be back next year. So, <laughs> no, no, I know, no, I got that, but I, and I didn't knock them that far no. down. So it's not that. I, so I don't disagree with you. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I can't argue with your points. <laughs> you, you make good points. I, I, okay, next. Uh, Hedman alone sorry. makes them a great team. <laughs> they got some great. There's, there's no doubt they've got some great players there. They're going to be tough to play against and yeah they'll probably finish in first i just thought uh hot take, hot take. And put columbus yeah. there oh i don't blame you 
Okay, next up, we'll hit into the east, and we'll start on the bottom, and I got the Devils on the bottom, and my reasoning is, yes, they've got a good tandem. I actually like their tandem in uh, with Blackwood and Crawford, but in this very tough division, um, they don't have enough up front uh, on defense and whatever to move up. They just don't, and they're going to be the bottom here. I got Buffalo. You got on the bottom. Reason? Uh, the the Coles notes version. <laughs> Taylor Hall, no. <laughs> Although I do think he's a reason that they won't do as well as people are thinking they will. Um, their gold hang's just not that good. That division's going to be a grind all year. I don't think Buffalo's ready for that yeah. grind. That they're they they're going up some. That's going to be a hard division. Um, it's not. I'm not saying Buffalo. Buffalo may actually play better this year and have worse results. Um, yeah, yeah. The gold hang, I think, will let them down. Um, their their defense isn't really that great. Darlene, I think, can be a star player in the league. Eichel already is. Um, Taylor Hall's coming in there to help. I just, I don't know. I think, I think it's it's not really the fact that Buffalo's going to be bad i just think that division's going to be so hard and somebody's going to finish last and i think it's going to be buffalo yeah fair enough i kind of struggled between uh new jersey and my next pick is buffalo as well because i kind of thought just jack eichel and uh probably having dalene they got a good they got a few a few good pieces up front and that might to me, make them a little better than New Jersey, but such a tough division. It really is going to be a tough division that even I could see even uh, Boston falling down here, maybe giving it away that we both have Boston as the next pick. But um, I, I think that um, it's, yeah, this tough division, Buffalo just doesn't have enough there yet. I mean, and defense Buffalo isn't strong are, enough. at the same time, I think Buffalo could take off if one of those young goalies, well, the no, Hutton's not young, but if Olmark takes off here, they could really do something. But I think they should. I just, it's just been such a losing culture there for so long. I don't think this division's going to help them with that. No, that's it. Even if they do something, it's so it'll raise them one spot here. I don't think it'll go, they can go higher than that, honestly. Yeah. Maybe two, but I don't think higher than that. So that that means uh, you're next. Uh, that was my number two. Next. I just I think that the Devils got some pretty good goaltending. Mackenzie Blackwood and they brought Crawford in to help them out. Um, I think they've got obviously they've got some talent talented young players. They got Jack Hughes. I mean, it's only a matter of time before he starts figuring things out in the league. They've got yep. Um, Nico Heischer. Uh, he could be everything we were saying about Nick Suzuki. Devils fans are saying about Nico Heischer for the last couple of years. They're just waiting for this kid to break out. He's an excellent two-way player. He's he's a he's a good player, and and when he breaks out, it's it's going to be good. So I just think this may be the year that Heischer realizes his potential and. And uh, I, I don't know. Some I had to pick someone to finish last, and I didn't think it was going to be the Devils. So 
I think their GM's doing a better job than the one that they, they got now. I think they're on the right track. Yeah, fair enough. And, fair oh, enough. Like, that, I can't say my other like, point about New Jersey. New Jersey's going to play against teams that they always play against. And they always seem to do well against the Rangers and the Islanders and like it's that's a real those teams that's a real rivalry between those teams. So I think that's going to yeah. help New Jersey a little bit too. Yeah, fair enough. Next up we got both we both have the same thing. Uh, actually, we have a lot of the same on this uh, in this division. Boston is up for both of us. Boston's got a really good tandem. There's no doubt Halak and uh, Rask are going to be a good tandem. Boston is going to be missing Marchand and Pasternak. Don't know for how much, but it looks like at least a month, maybe two of the season. That's a lot of time. Um, I don't think they're going to, in a good division like this, they're going to be able to, to claw back into it. Uh, they lost Tory Krug, didn't really replace him uh, properly. So I, yeah, Boston's going to have some trouble, and that's where I think they're going to finish. Why you got them there? I agree with everything you just said. Um, I think they're going to they're going to miss their star players at the first of the year. Now they could go out and sign Mike Hoffman, and that'll help. Um, yeah, Crichton's another year older. Bergeron's uh, another year older. I just think they're they're getting a little old, and there's not really any young guys. Like Jake DeBrusque hasn't really taken off for them yet. And I just don't see where Boston's going to get. They struggled last year with secondary scoring off their top line. Well, now their top line's gone. I don't. They didn't really bring anybody in for secondary scoring. So who's going right. to who's going to put the puck in right. that for them? I think no, they're scoring. And their scoring is going to be done, right? And 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 who knows? Is Char coming back? Like no, they don't know. He's. Uh, I I think they're waiting to see if they have the money to sign him. Yeah. So I mean, he's a keystone to that franchise. Whether he's the best player on the ice every night or not. <laughs> doesn't really matter because of what he brings in the locker room and the stability he brings to that team um as much as i don't like the guy and never will i can't believe have fans clapped for him at the bell center but yeah me too, me um, too. i yeah the, there's just a lot of stuff going on in boston that's I, it's it sucks yeah. because i was really hoping i really would like a Montreal's good, Boston's good, and Toronto's good all at the same time. <laughs> I just think injuries are yeah. injuries is what's going to hurt Boston. Yeah, definitely. No, that in, the, the yeah, the injuries to those two guys are going to really hurt them. Okay, next up, we both have the same thing again. Uh, New York Islanders. I'm going to let you lead on the Islanders. The Islanders could win this division, or they could finish right where where we, where we have them. Like they're somewhere's in between there. Um, the Islanders just play a great system. Those they got a great coach. They've got good goaltending. They've got excellent defense. They've got not that great offense, but it's not horrible. But everybody buys into the system and they play that system almost flawlessly. And we saw what it how far it's taken them the last couple of years. I have no reason to think that it won't be the same next year. Or this year. 
Yeah, the Islanders. I agree. They've got um, they've got a good defense. That's for sure. I don't know who is backing up Varlamov. Do you know? Uh, I did know. It's a, it's a young Russian kid. He's he's supposed to be okay. pretty good. Oh, Sorokin. Yeah, that's it. Sorokin. That's it. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. He's so, supposed to be pretty uh, good. That's so. be, yeah, should be a good goalie tandem. They have uh, a bit of anemic offense. They but it gets the job done. Um, but not much better than that. But uh, the coach, do they buy it? It's, it's like the Tortorella thing. Yeah. Uh, this is the guy that gets the most out of his players. And the thing is, it's a really tough division. I think they're going to finish here, but I agree with you 100%. They could finish anywhere uh, above that as well. I actually think it's a good possibility they flip-flop here with the next team up that we both have, and we'll lead into that one with saying it's Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh, and then it could flip-flop there. Um, I have Pittsburgh there because uh, I think it's kind of a last hurrah for them. So if they're healthy, uh, you got uh, Crosby and um, uh, Malkin. Malkin had a pretty good season last year, as a matter of fact, with his 75 points in 55 games. Um the goalie tandem is young, and that could be a problem uh, with uh, Jerry and DeSmith. I don't know. I think that could be a problem there. Injuries, they got to stay away from that like they had last year. Uh, the coach seems also to get a lot out of his players. So that's a bonus there. And, uh, yeah, those are my reasons. You got, you got a cough for us. I got I thought I'm the only one allowed to cough. I uh... – <laughs> I put them there in uh, what spot was it? It's the fourth spot. It's Pittsburgh. Yes. Out of respect. Yeah, out of respect. I'm not counting out Sidney Crosby. Like, uh, not yet. Yeah. I'm not going to start counting him out. Pittsburgh. Not yet. They're, to me, they're probably a playoff team. Unless Crosby gets hurt and misses a bunch of time and or Malkin. But they had that last year. They were completely injured. They were without a main yeah. key to their team, and they still made the playoffs. Well, I guess I they didn't the technically coach. make the playoffs, but they were going to make the regular playoffs if the season had a – They would have. Right? Yeah, that's right. So That's why I mentioned the coach here because he's another guy that obviously gets something out of these the players. They were so injured that I don't know how they did it, honestly, to finish where they did. And, and I don't know. they're going to have a full year of Zucker too there, right? So – and Hooker, you're right. That's going to be a big difference. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, the goaltending. Yeah. It's a last. I think, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would have went with Jerry over Murray, but it is what it is. And yeah. I, I, we'll see what happens. I don't disagree. Yeah, I, I really, I don't disagree with you on that. And, you know, honestly, uh, they might have been better served to um, going into this season to keep Murray there. And uh, well, I think not it was a money until the season. It was. It was, but they should have found a way because they're gonna they're gonna regret that they don't have two fully experienced, uh, good goalies for this coming season. I think that could be a uh, that could affect them. Uh, so they might. That's why they might flip flop with the Islanders. I can see that. So I've got that. Okay. So for the next one, uh, we differ. I have Washington in third. And um, I think uh, Washington, they've got, I think Lundqvist, even though he's old and I put, I've said the goalie's old and that's going to be a fact. I think Lundqvist was a great goalie and I think he has enough in him for one more good solid year, especially as a backup. He's not the main guy. He's not going to get the bulk of the starts. Uh, Samsonov, 
good promising young goalie. So I think they're they're solid there. Good leadership in Ovechkin, and I think Ovechkin's going to be pushing to get goals because uh, less games. He's going to be wanting to score all the time. Um, but they're aging, and uh, kind of another team with that last hurrah thing, where you know they, it's a last shot to really have uh, a shot at the cup with this group. So I've got them there for that reason. The only thing you're going to think though is Washington did not show up in the return to play. They didn't, but that's last year. That doesn't mean anything necessarily for this coming. Um. I have I have the Rangers in third. I think uh, I think the Rangers, good young team, just added arguably uh, the best uh, next generational play, player. Whether he will be that this year or not is remains to be seen. They've got two pretty good goalies from all accounts that we've seen from last year um they got a good mix of youth and veterans um the only really spot they're kind of hurting is down the middle but i mean they're not they're not horrible down the middle it seems like they got a bunch of second line centers instead of a bona fide first line center so i mean uh, their defense was good last year adam fox came out of nowhere i really like watching him play last year. I I just I think the Rangers are a team to look out for because of that youth and energy gets fired up. They they could be a very streaky team. They could be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I have them a little higher than you because I've got them in second in the division. Um I think uh the two young goalies, Shesterkin, okay, a small sample size, but not a bad sample in that small sample size. Um, George has been pretty good for a couple of seasons now. Um, so I think their goal tandem is good. Uh, I think they're going to have good firepower up front. Uh, Lafreniere's, I believe, will, will contribute. Um, defense has been good. So uh, better than I think people thought. Uh, so in a, this shortened season that we're going to have and all those back-to-back games, I think they fit the criteria of a team that's going to do well for this type of season. So I've got them up there. Who you got in second? Washington. And I could be talked out of it. <laughs> um, Washington, just because I think they basically, I think it's because they embarrassed themselves in their return to play. I think they're going to have a little bit more to prove. I think Ovechkin and those guys are really going to say, okay, we've only got one or two more shots at this. And yeah, uh, I don't, I just don't think they were hungry last year. I think their belly seems like it. You're right. Yeah. I tend to agree with you, but they, they just, they're just a good team. They have been for, Pretty much a decade, so yeah, that's true. They are; they're just a good, solid team. I think uh, Ovechkin's leadership is pretty good, so and he's going to have such—he's going to have a lot of desire to score, literally score every night if he can. He's going to need to. Uh, okay, so uh, the, the number one team we both have. 
All right, folks, technical glitch there. I'm not sure what happened. was good on my end, but uh, that's happened a couple times tonight. Uh, we won't dwell on that. Uh, we were just leading to the number one team in the East, and I was about to throw it over to Jeff. To uh, We both have the same pick, uh, Philadelphia. Jeff, what's your reason for Philadelphia? They're a cup contender. <laughs> that's my reason. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, agree. I agree. Yeah, they're a cup contender. Uh, they're just a well-balanced there's no weakness to them anymore. There used to be a weakness at goal, and now it's not. Carter Hart is the real deal, and Philadelphia, the only thing that might slow them down is a couple of their players are getting a little old, like Drew's getting a little old, Voracek's getting a little old, and so's uh, uh, Van Riemsdyk. So, They've got young, talented players that stepped in, and and I just think they'll be okay. they're a cup contender. They, I don't know. Yeah, I agree I with that. I think bad about them or good about them because there's I I don't like them. I never did like them. So <laughs> yeah, no, same here. I never liked the Flyers, but they have a good goalie tandem. Brian Elliott getting a little older too, but he cup. Uh, Carter Hart, the heir apparent, apparently to carry Price. So uh, mm-hmm. you got that. Uh, so they're solid in that uh, good, solid defense. Um, I don't think they lost anybody off there. Good, solid defense. A good um, mix up front of the young and the old. And like you say, they're a couple of guys getting older. But still, um, I think they're fine for the next couple of years. And, uh, yeah, just a good cup contender. I reluctantly want to say they're well coached, even after yeah. the they, – they still are. I mean, you, you know, um, I don't like the guy after this, uh, but he's still well coached um, or they're well coached. And, yeah, they're a cup contender. So, yeah, they're up at top. Um, let's move off. We're I, – I can't tell now how long because <laughs> we're on the next uh, – okay. Good anyway, we've got one more hour. division to go. Yeah. Oh no, I know that, but I just like I don't know the exact time. Uh, so we're at the, the All Canadian Division, and I will uh, let Jeff uh, start at the bottom with the All. Although we both have the same team, but you go ahead and introduce it. Ottawa. <laughs> Do we really need to spend any time on it? <laughs> well, give them their give them a little respect, and uh, yeah, they're a young team. Fine. They're just rebuilding. A- They've got some really good young players there. They've they signed Matt Murray. That will help. Um, Stutzel, if he plays for them, that could. Who knows? This could could it could be. He could be the steal of the draft. Um, um, yeah, like it's just they're just young. They, they don't have any experience. It's good. And what I said about the uh, Eastern Division with Buffalo, Ottawa is going to be improved, but this division's going to be very hard to climb out of the basement of it's, yeah. it's going to be a slug fest. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now for the goaltending Murray's good. The problem there is Nilsson who should be the backup is injured and he's going to be out for a while. So that leaves Hogberg and a small sample size with him. And it's not like, it was with Shesterkin in New York, which was a really good sample. Sample, Hogberg could be good, might not be. So goaltending is going to be suspect. 
Defense is improving, but got a ways to go. Offense, same thing, but it's improved. They're going to be better, but they're not going to have a better result. Yeah, like, because the divisions. Unless hard. Jake Batherson goes out there and scores thirty-five goals, and and Kachuk does the same, I really don't see them. I, even then, I I just don't see them coming out of the bottom. No. Here. Yeah. Next up, I've got Edmonton. I've got Edmonton because mostly because of that um, of Mike Smith. I think their backup goalie is going to be a problem. He was so so last year. He wasn't great. He wasn't horrible, but I think he's on his drop off, and I think it's going to affect them. Oscar Kleffbaum being out all season, not going to be good for them. It made up some of the offense with uh, with Barry, but I don't think uh, on the defensive side they made up anything. So I think they're a little suspect there. Offense is good. I think they're improving. You got Kyler Yamamoto, small sample size, but another really good showing in that small sample size. You got the return of Pugliarvi. I think uh, he had a really good season last year in uh, Finland. I think that does carry over. He's older. I think he has a better shot at the NHL this time around. And um, of course, you got McDavid and Drysaitel. I mean. Yeah, but I think the goalie, goaltending and cleft bombing out is going to be an Achilles heel, and it's going to keep them on the bottom. Who you got? I've got Vancouver. I just think uh, Vancouver lost too much in this offseason. Um, I believe Demko can probably be better than Markstrom, but I don't know if it's going to be this year. Holpe is not going to be better than Markstrom. Hope he is he's he's okay. He had a bad year last year, but his bad year was really bad. Um they've lost some key players that really helped drive them and they've kept the deadwood that has drugged them down. So if you can't get rid of Erickson and you lose guys like Tanev and you're expecting Bertanen to to take a leap forward. Like I just think Vancouver is they're a bubble team with the playoffs. Now Elias Petterson, I think he's gonna be one of the top players in this league for a long time. He I love watching that kid play. Um kind of reminds me a little bit of Gretzky the way he plays. Um, another another kid that I really like is Brock Besser. I think he's he's amazing. JT Miller, can he put up another season like he did last year? Like, wow. <laughs> I don't know if he's got nothing he like that, but that was pretty impressive. <laughs> if he does, that's going to go a long way to making them better. But I just don't see Vancouver being much – I don't see them being better than they were last year. I see them either being the same as they were last year or worse. I don't think they're going to get a lot better. Like, Patterson's going to have to be off the charts, and Bastard's going to have to be, like, they're going to have to reach their potential for Vancouver to be better this year. Yeah, okay. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Okay, next up, I've got Winnipeg in, I guess it's in fifth place. Um, I think though that's a that's a pick that could easily, and and I'll just I'll let me preface this. I think every team above Ottawa could win the division, 
possibly. So it's going to be really tight, especially in this division. This is going to be the tightest division race, I think, in uh, in the league. Uh, so saying that, I think Winnipeg could easily finish in third as as finish in fifth uh, or win. I mean, but I, I think that's the range where they'll finish, but I've got them here. Okay, reasoning. Um, great goalie in Connor Hellebuck. Really not great goalie in the backup, Laurent Brassois. I think that's going to have an effect in a season like this. The defense, it, he, uh, uh, Hellebuck made up for a lot of their mistakes last year. Can he do that for a second season in a row? That's, that's a question mark there. Their offense, no problem there. There's no problem up front, I think, so they're good there. But I think the defense and this lack of a backup goalie is going to affect them, so I got them that low. Who you got next? I got Edmonton. Um, I think it's. Uh, I think Edmonton's issues will be will be goaltending. I don't think it's going to be as bad as you think. Um, their defense is not the best. They're basically they're they're hoping their young defensive players like Bear take another step forward. Um, I like said though, you said the same thing. Anybody above Ottawa can win this division, and when you have two MVP caliber players playing center ice for you, you have a chance. The same reason why I won't count Pittsburgh out, I'm not going to count Edmonton out, right? Like, I I just this division's just gonna be tough, tough. It is. It's going to be a tough. Someone, race. someone's got to finish fifth. I, I don't, I, I don't know who it's going to be, but I, I'm, I'm picking Edmonton. <laughs> it's pretty fair to say that, like in this division, someone's got to finish there. So that's, a, you know what? Because it, it's a toss-up. You can put them all in a, a hat, throw them up in the air, all the names, and however they land, that'll be it. It could be just, you know. It's going to be that type of a race. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. I agree. So, my next one, I've got in fourth place, I've got a team that I had up in second, but I've refought it, and I got Calgary down there. Um, I think Calgary's got a good goalie tandem. Markstrom, not going to deliver you the best numbers, but he's going to give you solid numbers. Uh, Riddick, uh, again, uh, I think as a backup, he's good. I don't think he's your starter. So I think it's good that they brought Markstrom in. And um, uh, defense, I don't know a ton about their defense. I think it's probably just decent to good, but not better than that. I think their offense is pretty good. I think they've got a pretty good offense. Uh, you've got uh, Goudreau, uh, Monaghan, Kachuk. I think these are. it's a good offense. And, uh, again, just everyone should remember, any of these teams could win, but I got them Calgary in fourth. Um, I don't want to ask you who you got in fourth. I'd rather we just skip over that because of the team you have there, but we'll talk about it. Who you got in fourth, Jeff? I got Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> um, reasoning? I, my reasoning for heading Montreal fourth, I know we're all Montreal fans, think we're we all got to take a deep breath realize <laughs> just realize we we have a better team we have a better team than we had last year they have not played a game yet they have not practiced with each other yet 
they need some time to gel. We still have a few ifs. It's just they're not as big ifs as they used to be. Um, our defense looks solid. Everything that we're saying about Montreal is in theory. It looks better. It We have not seen eyes on players on the ice yet. Um, I think we're set up to be we could win this division. We could we could finish sixth, like just as easy, in my opinion. I, so I put put them fourth. That puts them in the playoffs. In a power ranking of the league, I had them twelfth. They're twelfth best team in the whole league. They could be higher than that. I don't think they're any lower than that. Um, this team is going to go as far as Carey Price carries them. Um, but now he has reinforcements. He's got guys that can put the puck in the net. Our power play should be better. Our, our scoring should be better overall. The only thing I, I think that this team's downfall could be would be injuries. Carey Price gets hurt. Jake Allen's not taking this team to the playoffs. Um, no, I agree. If that's right, if Shea Weber goes down, that's going to hurt. If Gallagher misses a significant amount of time, that's going to hurt. We we know these players are somewhat injury prone. They have been for the last couple of years. So my ex- expectations are we're going to be good. And if there are injuries, we've got guys that can that can actually step up and and fill that void now better than we had in the past. We have some depth now. Our depth's not excellent, but I don't think anybody's depth's excellent anymore because of the salary cap. Every team's going to have young kids inexperienced on their team. I think that's just the way it's going to be from now on. Um, like I said, I don't have an argument a real solid argument against Montreal. I don't have a real solid argument for Montreal. I'm just, I'm just trying to step back my own expectations a little bit, just sit back and not look at it through, through my uh, red and blue and white glasses here. (laughs) That's my main reason for putting them forth. I do think they're a playoff team. I do think if they get in the playoffs, they have a really good chance of doing some damage. I just think the yeah, teams I, I put ahead of them have done it more consistently as a team together than Montreal ha- hasn't played together yet. And that's yeah, what no, it, that's, that's, that's kind of what I boiled down because coming out of the gate quick is going to be a, a big deal. Like chem- team chemistry right, right away. If Montreal is lacking that team chemistry right away, that's going to hurt. It's a problem. Yeah, and I'll agree with that. And every team, if a team wants to win this division, they're going to have to come out strong. Yeah. You come out losing, it's going to be hard to, to make it up. I'll agree. I won't make any more comments on Montreal till I get to them in oh. my picks. So we'll leave it for that. Um, next up for me is Vancouver. Though I'll totally agree that Vancouver could very easily finish lower than that. I like Vancouver. I like Holtby being there. I think Holby will have a bit of a bounce back, and Demko will be better than he was last year. I think between that, their goalie tandem is going to be good. 
I like their defense. I think their defense adding Nate Schmidt was really good. Uh, so Schmidt and Quinn, that's going to be a good first pairing. Um, that's going to carry them a long way. I like their offense as long as they stay healthy. If Vancouver, big thing is stay healthy. Um, and their offense, JT Miller, can he have that same season? Big, It's going to be big. Pe- uh, Pedersen's going to be good. Besser, if healthy, is going to be good. Horvat, if healthy, is going to be good. Uh, so they're solid there. So I think it can hinge on a lot of things, but I, I just think like it's a gut feeling. I think they're going to finish this high, but I can see them easily uh, cool. falling in lower. They're, they're, so, Vancouver's uh, biggest problem is going to be depth. Yeah, no, that's why injuries. That's yeah. why I said they've got to stay healthy. Got to stay healthy. Okay, who's your third? My third is the Jets. The Jets. The Jets. Um, I think they have one of the best top three goalies in the league. I think they have the best first two lines in probably the whole league. There's only a couple teams that can rival them. Um, their wingers are good. They finally have a second line center and Stasny. Um and it's he's already and it's not like they brought in a new player that doesn't have chemistry with anybody on the team. Him and Lineley already played together a couple of years ago and yeah. they were amazing together. Yeah. So um I just think Winnipeg in my opinion, Winnipeg has been the best team in Canada for the last few years. Everybody can say Toronto this, Toronto that, whatever. Winnipeg in my opinion, has been the best team in Canada. The only thing that, that that's hurting them right now is their defense. They lost a lot of players on defense last year, and Hollabuck made up for that. Their backup goaltender, he doesn't play a whole lot. I don't think he's bad. I can't remember his name. Um, François. Rosswell. France, yeah. He uh, – I don't think he's bad. I but when you got Hollebuck, who's a beast and can play, you're going to play him. And I think that's what it boiled down to. I don't – they're just – Winnipeg's just a really solid team. Yeah, no, I like Winnipeg. I just – yeah, I, I, I'm probably wrong on where I've got them, so I'll agree with that. But their, goal, their backup goalie is not good. His numbers aren't good. I don't know why they kept them. That's what I think. Let's move on to the next one because now we've got the top two. We agree on the next pick, and that is for all of you. I don't. Are there any Toronto fans that might listen to this? I doubt it. So for all you Toronto fans out there want to hate on us, that's fine. We both got Toronto second in this division. For me, I think Toronto has. Um, you were saying that uh, Winnipeg has the best top two lines. That may be. But the, uh, one of the other teams that can rival them is Toronto. They've got a good top two lines. I think it breaks down after that, mostly because of the age factor and uh, the fact that they don't have enough money to build a team around their top line or their top two lines, and that's a problem. Their defense is a little bit better, but I don't think defensively it's gotten great. It's improved, but I don't know if it's improved enough. So defense is what I think is – a problem for them goaltending uh, I think it's good Anderson is still a good capable goalie 
And I think uh, Campbell is a good backup for him. They've got some depth on goalie now with Dell in the minors. And I think uh, that's a good position for them. So I think they're a good team. They're going to finish high. I don't think they finish on the top like everybody else seems to think. Jeff, what's your reason? Uh, I mean, they're supposed to be a cup contender. And they've arguably been one of the best teams in Canada for the last few years. And they improved their defense. Freddie Anderson doesn't have to play every night now because they got Jack Campbell. Um, hopefully, they, Anderson doesn't have to stand on his head all the time to cover up for the mistakes that the defense made because now they're a little stronger on defense. They brought in some good veteran leadership with, with Thornton. Um, I I just don't think they have enough to win the division, and I don't think that's their focus either. Their focus is not going to be winning the division. Um, I think hopefully the players in Toronto have realized the regular season doesn't matter anymore. If what matters is what they do in the playoffs. So I think that they're not going to be as gung-ho to really win the division. I don't think that's their goal. I think their goal is to win in the playoffs and to play a certain way. And that's what they're going to be doing to get themselves ready for the playoffs. If they win the division, they win the division. If they don't, they don't. I don't think it's going to matter to them. I want to say this on that. I want to say that even if that's their focus, it's the fans and the media that are going to push them to it. And it's going to, it's going to push them and pressure them to actually win in the regular season. And that's going to be a problem for them. And it's already starting that Toronto's the best Toronto. It's starting already. And that fan pressure and the pressure to be Canada's best team and Canada's favorite team. That's one of the things that screws them up. And I think that's going to be an effect here. So I agree with you. They should be focused only on winning in the playoffs, but I think that that other thing's going to affect them. Well, that's why I think they brought in some of the players they brought in this offseason was to uh, maybe keep that stuff out of the dressing room and keep them focused on what they need to be focused on. That's like, I don't understand why else you would bring in a couple players that are as old as they brought in, right? Like, they're obviously looking for somebody that can try and guide them through this. And if anybody knows anything about playoff disappointment, it's, it's Joe Thornton. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> but there's a point though. You bring in Thornton to win and leader and all that, but he hasn't led any team to the championship. No, but he's as a matter of fact, they're kind of choke. He kind of chokes in the championship at the championship level. Well, comes, hopefully, when it he, comes to hopefully time, his experiences can uh, he can. Tell them, wow, uh, what am I saying? Hopefully. <laughs> I hope they I, crash and burn. That was, my next, that, was, that was my next comment. I was waiting for an opportunity to get yeah. in and say, what do you mean, hopefully? <laughs> hopefully the opposite. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Can we, can we edit this part out? <laughs> it's late. We'll give it to It's late. You're just, yeah. You don't know what you're saying. That's just yeah. what it is. I, I okay. don't know it's the complete clusterfuck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Fuck Toronto. Look, Toronto fans. The only player in Toronto that I have any feelings for is Freddie Anderson because I just feel so bad for that guy sometimes. The crap he has to put up with and the way that that he gets left out to dry so often and how much they shit on him. It's like, I'm like, it's not his fault. Like, if you're yeah, going to play that... every night and then on top of that, then play poor defensively in front of them, like, holy cow. Like, <laughs> that's, the, that's the price you pay for being a goalie in Toronto. <laughs> you know, I, I just think Toronto is it, the, all that hype and all that, that need to be the best team. It's almost like, you know, like they're narcissists about it. And I think that is an adverse effect on them. And, I think it, it contributes a lot to why they don't win. I really do. Well, I think this is this team's last kick at the can here. Like, if they don't do something this year, like last year, you could blame it on yeah. the on the return to play, the COVID thing, on the time off. All the, there, there was a lot of built-in excuses. Matt, few, a couple of the players had COVID. They weren't maybe they weren't up to snuff. Like there was a lot of built-in excuses this year. This if they don't do it this year, maybe I think they're going to start running out of excuses. I don't even think their own fans care what they do in the regular season anymore. I really don't. I really don't. Like they could go out and be the best team in the league, and I don't think their fans will care unless they are in the in the conference finals. They have to make it to a conference finals before their fans will be like, okay, right? Like I don't know. I'm on Twitter a lot more than you are. And I got to tell you, their fans are almost insufferable already. And so I don't, I, I don't, I, I, I have to say, I don't agree with what you just said, but we'll not argue about that. We're going to move off to the number one. And Jeff, I'm going to let you give your number one pick in this division before I give mine. Calgary. Calgary is, uh, they're the most improved team over. The, since last year, they're just a solid team. The only question I got about Calgary is the coaching, but they made some really smart moves. They basically robbed Vancouver of all the good players that Vancouver couldn't protect. And uh, Markstrom, I think you undersold him there earlier. Markstrom is is capable of being an elite goalie in this league. He showed it in the playoffs. He's shown it before. Now he's in Calgary with a solid defense in front of him. They have a halfway decent offense. That's kind of seems like all the Canadian teams have a little trouble putting the puck in the net. So, um, but listen, I want to defend myself for a sec. I didn't undersell him. What I said was his numbers aren't the best numbers, but he's solid. I, I don't think I undersold him because look at his numbers. Even in, his numbers aren't the best numbers, but they're good numbers. That's all I meant. I, yeah. did, not, I did not mean to say that he's, he's not a good goalie or he's less than he is. He, it's the best goalie. I, I, he's the best goalie Calgary's had in a long time. Well, so, no, without a doubt. I think it was a great move for Calgary, but I did, I did not say anything other than I think um, for a goalie of that caliber – his numbers aren't as good as you'd expect, is I guess what well, I mean. That's but all. he also played in some pretty bad Vancouver teams, right? Yeah, that could have a lot to do with it. So, yeah, it's very possible that's all it like is. Like, you, you look at what yeah. he did this year with 
with a good team. Like Vancouver was good this year and, and he had excellent numbers. Yeah. And I agree. in the playoffs, okay. like he was lights out in the playoffs. <laughs> okay. Considering the time now, let me get my uh, last pick. And because it actually is the most important pick of this whole exercise that we just did, because I've got Montreal in first there. And before everybody laughs and says, yeah, well, he's a, he's a Habs fan. Well, we, most of the people listening are, but the reasoning is, and I don't believe that I am being a, um, a rose colored glasses kind of Habs fan. I really believe Montreal's the better team here. And I'll tell you why. Um, now you just said Calgary is the most improved team. Honestly, other than Markstrom, and I think they picked up another guy from Vancouver. I don't think they did anything else than that. They didn't do all that many changes. So I don't know that they're the most improved team, except that Markstrom does improve them a lot. So I'll agree that way. But Montreal is, in my opinion, they got Jake Allen, maybe making them the best goalie tandem in the league at a time when it is going to be fucking important to have a good backup goalie. They have a big physical, hard-to-play-against defense now um, that is going to be tough to get in tight on price, and it solves a problem that they've had of leaving guys open in front of price, and I think that's going to change here. Their offense is has improved up front, and uh, yes, their depth uh, to me is still a little wonky, but uh, something that you said earlier that I didn't agree with, and it just left my head and I hope I pick it back up. But I think I just think Montreal, oh, this is what you said, that, yes, it's all still on paper and hasn't been shown. But I do believe, and this is just my optimism, I guess, uh, why, I'm doing, why I'm saying Montreal's first. I think all those, most of those expectations we're gonna, we have for the changes that were made, I believe they're going to come through. I honestly do, and I don't think it's just because I'm a Habs fan. I think they made some really good moves. I think they're the most improved team in this division. And I think they're going to lead this division. And that's why. And Carey Price, if he plays like he did in the RTP, he's rested enough. So when he plays, he gives those kind of performances. Wow, is all I can say. This is going to be a really good team. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. And that's what I got to say about it. Oh, um, okay. One point. Do you want to respond? I got to that? one point that I wanted yeah. to make. Another reason why I picked Calgary: um, the travel schedule is going to be brutal for these Canadian teams. Yes, it is. Right, and yeah, Calgary, I think, has an advantage when it comes to that to that travel schedule. I'm not counting Ottawa. Ottawa is going to be the Ottawa and Vancouver are going to be the two teams that have to travel the furthest. Calgary's more centralized in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So Montreal, Montreal, Montreal's going to have to travel pretty Montreal. far. Vancouver's going to have to travel pretty far. Calgary's kind of right in right. the middle of all of it. And so is Edmonton. I think that's a big advantage. And Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Vancouver all play each other. Montreal doesn't play those teams as often as those teams play each other, right? And they think that's gonna. I think that's gonna be a little bit of a key to this. Familiarity is is gonna be. I think that's gonna. That's fair. No, I, I get what you're saying, and that's a fair point. I still think that 
Montreal is going to be improved enough that they're going to be able to overcome these things. Um, even though and, uh, someone, I read this somewhere, I think it was on Twitter, uh, and it was a fair point. Montreal doesn't usually do well on the West Coast swings, and they're going to have more of them uh, this season. That could be a factor. Uh, but I, I just think that they are improved enough. They are going to surprise some people. I hope they do. Like, I really, I, like I said earlier, Montreal well, can win this just as easy as, as Calgary can or Winnipeg can or Toronto can. Like, it's, yeah. it's 100%. And I'm yeah. not just saying that to, to get people off my back or anything. I, I really believe that any team in the top six can win this division. And yeah, you don't, I don't have think to, there's going to be a lot of points to. separating these teams either. No, it's going to be a tight race. And you don't have to make that kind of an apology. I think most people I've heard talk about uh, the Canadian division say exactly the same thing, that it's going to be so tight and the teams, no. any team can win. And I think it's everybody's no, opinion. Watch one so team no, everybody out of the water. <laughs> well, it's more than likely what's going to happen. We're all going to be wrong. But on paper, looking at the season ahead of time, you can't help but say that's going to be the tightest division. It's going to be, it's, going to be the tightest. The Canadian division and the East division are going to be the two tightest divisions. The only thing that I think that's, uh, I think the travel is going to be the problem for the Canadian division. The other divisions aren't going to have that travel. That's why I'm kind of hoping no, they do true. go into bubbles because then that takes yeah, that we'll aspect out of it. Like no other team is going to have to travel from one coast to the other where the Canadian division, teams are going to have to do that yeah no I, I i agree with you there but listen it is what it is you got to deal with it it'll be helped by the fact that when you travel you'll be playing at least two games at each arena mm-hmm. that's going to help with the travel so that that's something to factor in um no i just really believe montreal is the better team here in this division so montreal is definitely okay, the most balanced they're 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 greatly about yeah yeah, I, I, there's a lot of things that I I say point to them winning. Um, okay, so we're probably way over over time. So um, I think we're going to cut it here. That is our podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. I once again would like to ask you that, um, depending on where you're listening to it, uh, head over to anchor.com, search out a couple of guys talking Habs, and leave us a message or a question um, you can record that on the uh, Anchor site, and we will answer the question or talk about the whatever your, your message is on the next podcast. So uh, we'd appreciate if you do that. And please follow us on whatever platform you are listening to us on. And we will be back, um, I think, pretty soon um, doing – uh, what is it we're going to do now? Uh, I almost forgot. We're going to do a power rankings for the uh, league. And we have another topic we want to talk about that um, my paperwork isn't in front of me to know exactly what that topic is. But it'll be very interesting. I think you all enjoy it. And we're going to cut out right here. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the first ever A Couple of Guys Talking Habs, formerly Habs Coast to Coast. And I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I, wanna, I hope you'll listen to the next uh, episode as well. And Jeff, do you want to say anything and say goodbye? Uh, no, just hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, 
it took a long time to get this done. We probably recorded a couple podcasts at least in conversations that we, and then we did record one that everything just either didn't feel right or it just, it it, it came irrelevant. So we didn't want to put it out. So hopefully now that things are getting going, we'll be back at a more consistent basis. Yes, that is what we are going to be doing. So, uh, yeah, I agree with what Jeff just said. We'll be back next week because we already have our idea for the podcast. And you never know, things happen quick uh, it, when you're getting ready to start a season. And that always fuels the uh, the podcast, so that's good. So, uh, once again, hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, would like you all to stay safe out there in this pandemic and be back for the next podcast. Thank you all for listening. Peace out, y'all, and we'll catch you on the next podcast. Have a great night, everybody, or day, or whenever whenever you're listening to it. And, uh, yeah, we'll speak to you on the next podcast. Oh, thank you.